Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May, Trent Smallwood, as we are talking UGA football recruiting because recruiting never stops. Even got a uh, even got an episode in last week, a recorded version with some travel going on. Um, guys, it is the dead period right now, but we still have a lot to talk about. New five stars uh, put out a war room today. Trent, your your class prediction 1.0 is right around the corner. So what's going on, fellas? How's everybody doing? Doing good. Uh, like you said, it's a dead period, but a lot of stuff going on. We had, what, three or four recruiting stories go up today. And like I said, the big, uh, big highlight of the week is Trent's uh, the first edition of the class prediction going up this week. Trent, people have been clamoring for it for a while, so no pressure on Wednesday. You know, like, you know, it's like guys have the pressure on Valentine's Day, but the day after on the fifteenth, you promised uh, the the class prediction, so you got to throw that out there. Yeah, I should have thought twice about that before I've said it was going to be the day after Valentine's Day. Because, but you know, what? I mean, I don't want to break too many hearts or or get too many hearts, but uh, you know, uh, it's always exciting. You to kind of to go out and and try to. Uh, um protect what's going to happen here in um i guess nine months it's, it's hard to do but um just where things are now and uh where uh george is kind of trending off a of national off their second straight national championship and and uh see how many guys we get right come december absolutely and i'm sure it's uh as intel comes in and and different things happen over the next few months this uh this you know Class will change here and there, um, but Georgia already off to a hot start as I put in the war room today, guys. I was just giving a little bit of perspective what Georgia has done so far, um, and this at, at, the, at the time I was writing that this morning, who knows, the rankings may have even changed since when I was writing that, but um, it comes down to Georgia has 10 commitments right now. Jed, at, at that point in time, Seven of the 10 were top 100 guys. Nine of the 10 are in the rivals 250 with only Ryan Puglisi, who's a four-star quarterback in his own right, being outside of that right now. Georgia is off to an extremely hot start in 2024. And I also put out that 10 of the top 20 players that are not committed, Georgia has a shot of landing them as well they're they're either leading or trending upwards for those guys so it's a really really just torrent pace that george is on to start off the class of 2024 yeah and you mentioned puglisi who very easily I and mean, i think is a guarantee to be in the 250 that I don't know, i'm assuming that comes out this week he could be a top 150 100 guy um by the time this is all said and done and um you know i think what's and we've talked about this a lot but these past two classes have been so defensive centric and most of the work so far and in this 24 class has been on the offensive side of the ball with what they've got a running back with Dwight Phillips and Tavon and a receiver. You got Landon Thomas, the number one tight end. Um, and then you mentioned Dylan Riola, who if he ends up committing is, is the number one player in the country right now. So um, just so much in the class already. And there's still so much out there, even with the offense, there's Mike Matthews, there's Zion Reagans, there's, um, <clears throat> Jeremiah Smith, the top-ranked receiver who uh, Georgia's kind of staying involved with. There's just so much. It, it's amazing what Georgia's already brought in, and yet a lot of the the top targets, the names we've talked about a lot, a lot of them are still out there. Absolutely. And, you know, Brent, it, it's not just that, you know, Georgia has guys who are uh, 
top 100 guys already committed and things like that, like I was pointing out and like Jed was pointing out, but it's guys who like Peyton Woodyard, who's top of his position at safety. As he mentioned, Landon, uh, Landon Thomas, top tight end. And then you got Ellis Robinson, Nykar, and Jalen Hayward, Hayward, all guys who are within the top five of their position rating. So these are elite guys that are out there already committed. And, you know, it seems like people kind of waited after that first national championship for Georgia. All right, kind of bust down the door. And it did result with the number two class uh, in the country. But it seems like the full benefits are starting to be uh, reap now because of the back-to-back national championships for Georgia. Yeah, I think a lot of, uh, you know, Georgia didn't take a quarterback last in last cycle. Um, they already have one in the cycle, and they're going for another. Uh, you could see a lot of momentum come off if uh, Raul was to commit to Georgia on the offensive side of the ball with, with what they already have committed. Yeah, they have a lot of guys that are number uh, at the – you know, you, you usually don't see – in February, uh, the the talent that Georgia's accumulated um, thus far, and uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, the direction of what the program's been going, and um, and just trying to continue that trend. But also that the positions that Georgia don't have number one spot in, uh, they could go in and um, you know make a uh, big splash there with just landing guys like Raul, and, um, and you know that that could lead to, that could lead to other guys um, that. And we'll get into that later, but um, I think Georgia's going to uh, – we, we've talked about this class. Uh, I- even in last um, – when we were still covering 23, we talked about 24 class could be one of the best Kirby's ever landed, and um, it, it is definitely trending in that direction. Yeah, I mean, and before we go any further, I do want to say hey to the people watching out there. Randy Payne from Tifton. We got Rhett Womack from Swainsboro. Jeremy Barbary, as always, from uh, Loganville. I want to give a, a special, special shout-out to uh, Andy Stowe. Andy, you mentioned uh, doing a little bit of a heavy heart. Um, today, we wanted to tell you, Andy, we always appreciate you being on here with us and uh, praying for you and your family and, and that everybody – um, you know, as much comfort as you can have on a on a day like today. This is why the the vault is a uh, is a community, guys, able to to kind of share things with each other and help help uh, support each other. So, thinking of you, Andy, appreciate you tuning in, man. Uh, as always, um, let's see who we got. We got Chris Topple from Chattanooga in here with us. So, a lot of people tuning in. Uh, Porter Osborne from Cummings. So, do us a favor. Go ahead and hit that like button while you're in here. Uh, share with your friends. Tell them we're live talking Georgia football recruiting. You can get involved in the chat over here. And, uh, you know, we got Buddy from Waycross in here with us. So appreciate everybody tuning in. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, this channel just continues to grow. And, man, it is at just it's just crazy to see what has happened over the last year with this channel and bringing you guys Georgia football content, whether it's recruiting team wise or otherwise. And it's all because you tune in and you subscribe. So we appreciate that. Do want to mention that the show is brought to you by Turner Wood and Smith insurance and in cooperation with auto owners insurance guys. If you need terrific customer service for your insurance needs, Turner Wood and Smith is who you need to see. Auto owners insurance, life, home, car, business, all of it there. They got you taken care of, and it's a great combination. Both have been around for over 100 years, so make sure that you go with an experienced and quality insurance uh, insurance 
agency and insurance policy provider with Turner Wooden Smith and Auto Owners. You can see them in the comments or in the uh, comments below their their URLs to their website. So give them a visit. All right, guys. Uh, Jed, five stars. New five stars came out today. Um, rivals doing some some reshuffling here in the class of 2024. Give people a rundown of the movement that there was and kind of uh, we've got a question that we'll go more in depth on it. But what are some things that just stood out to you from the new five stars that were named today? Yeah. So um, as everyone knows, I and I alone are uh, responsible for all for everything in the rivals rankings. I went and found some stars, plucked them out of the sky Act. last night and uh, and divvied them out today. So. Um, we mentioned Dylan Raiola, he stays at number one. Jeremiah Smith is number two, who we, we mentioned Georgia's really uh, staying involved with and could be a name to watch, especially in the event of uh, Dylan Raiola committing. Colin Simmons, number three, Georgia made a move for him in January. Um, I think one that is interesting is Edric Houston checks in at number four. I think he was about 13 or 14 um, in the last ranking. So you think, I believe he was the top, top four star. So he jumps up, gets that fifth star, Georgia, Ohio State. Uh, kind of the two main guys right there. I realize uh, this. He just listed the top four players in the country. Georgia is exactly. heavily involved with all of them. Uh, so that is that just tells you where this recruiting class is going. Okay, continue on there, Jed. Yeah, we got uh, Mike Matthews at number seven. Uh, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, all those guys in there. Georgia wants him as a receiver. Um, Justin Scott, who I see some people mention in the comments, the defensive tackle from Chicago. He's number eight, which he was at number 12 or 11, I think, last time. So – he rolls a couple spots. He's taking an official visit to Georgia uh, G-Day weekend. I confirmed with him today. So um, that led to Justin Rett's commitment last year. Remember, he decommitted from Notre Dame while he was in town and uh, eventually obviously signed with Georgia. So uh, we'll see if that proves fruitful again. Peyton Woodyard, number one safety, gets his fifth star. Uh, the only Georgia commit uh, that's got five-star status right now. Um, we've got Day, it's not Davis, KJ Bolden at 15. Uh, he gets his fifth star, and, you know, he's a guy just – I mean, we've all seen him play a bunch of times, and he's just crazy athlete, could play receiver, probably going to play safety um, at the next level. But there's there's a long way to go for him, but we all kind of feel like George is in that top two to five schools range for him. Right now he'll be back in the spring. And, um, and yeah, but like you said, I mean, you look, there's 17 five-stars, and of that group there's, what, 10 that Georgia's – heavily involved with or um you know there's there's jojo trader here at 11 that that georgia's yeah. trying to, to make a move for i mean just all these guys georgia is is in and even you know a guy like Jaden davis georgia was really in on for a long time until they went with Puglisi. so um i mean you look at this top 10 one two three i mean edrick houston six of the top 10 i think are all either georgia targets or commits so it's just it's insane the level. I mean, you think about it. You could land the number one quarterback in Raiola, number one running back, Jared Gibson, number one receiver in Jeremiah Smith, and they've already got the number one tight end in Atlanta Thomas. That's not impossible by any means with how this class is shaping up. So um, just an insane talent. I'm, uh, the the full 250, I'm sure, will be out later this week. But it, it's, it's an insane grouping of talent that, that, Georgia's, that Georgia already has and is, is going after uh, in that class. Trent, your your observations from it? Yeah, I mean that the I think uh, the the two big ones will be the Buford crowd. Um, can they can they get into Buford and um, you know at least go one out of two on those guys? Uh, maybe two out of two. 
Um, I think, uh, of course, uh, landing a guy like Dylan Raul is just, uh, I think that was a big part of, of Georgia's uh, landing at number two in, uh, in 2023 is the fact they didn't take quarterback, like I mentioned. So, um, you land a you land a top quarterback like that, and you start seeing some dominoes fall. Um, you can land. I mean, you could realistically land uh, six or five out of the top ten, um, and uh, just have one of those remarkable top classes. Um, I, uh, I think Pug is the only one that ha- is not uh, is is not in the two fifty. But uh, I think before it's all said and done, I think he's going to be in the two fifty when some more film gets out and, uh, and some camps this summer and stuff like that. So I, I think, I think he'll be up there. Um, I know I saw some highlights of him throwing in Vegas. Um, he looked really good. And, uh, and I think that'll continue to trend upwards, um, you know, this spring. Andy Stowe asked over under five and a half, five stars in this class. What's your what's your gut gut reaction tell you here on this this class of twenty twenty four? I mean I mean gut says yes because there's also I mean that goes to seventeen and then you've got guys like you know if Georgia gets Sammy Brown he could be a five star by the end of this. Um, I mean uh, Dylan Stewart the the edge is is a guy that that could end up with a fifth star. I mean there's there's a lot of guys. I mean that's usually what between. 30 and 34 ish five stars. I mean, Jared Gibson could end up a five star maybe if, if things break his way. So um, I would, I'd probably say, I'd probably say over that pick right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it's looking like it, it's looking like over and listen, uh, I think everybody who is a member of the, the vault knows that we're not a crew that's just going to, you know, pump sh- sunshine to people and say, Hey, you know, Georgia's getting everybody that kind of stuff. There's plenty of guys that we've talked about. Like, you know, uh, I've I've said certain things with with Edric Houston. I think that Ohio State's going to be really hard to 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 beat and, and things like that in that in that recruitment. Um, but there's there's a legitimate shot as you go through and and look at these these five stars out there and the guys who could potentially be five stars, like you said, that you get up in six seven you know, territory in this. So I, I would, I would tend to lean over right now. And, and let's say Georgia does, you know, end up closing based on what I've heard, uh, the gap there between Ohio state and Georgia with a guy like Edric Houston ends up taking, getting him and, and landing him in the class. I mean, then you're talking about astronomical numbers going in there. I legitimately believe that this class rating wise has the chance to be the best recruiting class that Kirby Smart has ever signed, and that's that. That would be a, a high mark considering that that 2018, um, you know, class that that was just, you know, the, the the players that ended up contributing to national championships and just making Georgia the program that it is right now. Uh, really, really, really something to say there. But you know, Trent, I don't know that people can, uh, you know, under overstate as well how much of an impact and how impressive it was that Georgia had the number two class this year given that there was no quarterback in the class and that's what you've said uh, you know a couple times so far Georgia went all in on Arch Manning uh didn't end up getting him in in this cycle he goes he goes to Texas and now that they're in a position where they need to stack up on quarterback and you know whether we all believe that Dylan Raola is is you know Georgia's 
in the lead for him. But even if Georgia were not to land a Dylan Rowell, I still think there's going to be a second quarterback taken in this class. Yeah, you look back at 23 class, uh, Georgia missed on their top uh, quarterback target. They missed on their top running back target. They missed on a couple of top wide receiver targets. Um, they, they, of course, landed their tight ends. They always land their tight ends. Um, but um, they missed on a couple of top offensive line targets. Um, they hit on a lot of defensive targets. But, uh, you know, looking down at the offense, if you know Kirby's going to get his. Kirby and Muschamp and, uh, and Schumann and those guys are going to get theirs on the defensive side of the ball. If, if you can add uh, the offensive side as well and, and, and land that big quarterback and land – uh, some of your top running back targets and wide receiver targets, uh, you're definitely looking at a class that that could be, uh, of course, tops of of Kirby's uh, during the Kirby Smart era. So I think offense is the key. Uh, landing a couple of top top rated offensive linemen, um, landing your uh, couple of top rated wide receivers, and I think that'll come if if you can land Dylan Raola, and uh, you'll you'll see this class um, really hit over that that five uh, five and a half mark on uh, five stars. Yeah, you talk about receivers. There's already there's already um, two two top two fifty receivers in Sakovi White and then Nikar uh, committed in the class as, as you mentioned before. So it is uh, it is definitely skill heavy right now. Uh, this 2024 class in terms of offensive skill and then defensive skill as well with Ellis Robinson uh, being being a part of the class, Peyton Woodard, Jalen Hayward. Um, so. You know, a lot of that. We're not going to give all of the the class prediction away here, Trent. But you've been kind of uh, hyping it up for the fifteenth. That's the big day that it's going to come out. Um, just give everybody a little little sneak peek. Maybe some names that you're most intrigued by um, when it comes to to what you're going to be putting out on Wednesday. Yeah, I think most importantly is uh, I think. Um, as of today, I would have Dylan Raul in the in the class. Um, I would have them taking two quarterbacks in this class um, with Puglisi and Raul. Um, in turn, I, I think it, if you land uh, Dylan Raul, I think uh, there's a legitimate chance that you land Jeremiah Smith. And uh, I have him in the class right now. Um, he's currently committed to Ohio State. Um, but George is talking to him, and if you add that Raul – um, you know, they talk, they have a good uh, relationship and you might see, uh, Jeremiah Smith come on some visits with him. Um, so I have him in there. Um, you go to the defense side of the ball. I do have, uh, you know, I, I do have KJ Bolden, uh, in the class. Um, he's more than likely going to play safety. Um, but, uh, I have him listed as an athlete. Um, so, uh, you probably see him on the defense side of the ball, but I do have KJ, uh, Bolden in the class. Um, Butler, I do have him. Uh, Jed told me that he's he's you know slated to play wide receiver or Georgia's recruiting him to play wide receiver. I do have him in the class. Uh, he's from California, and uh, I guess we could go. Let's see, going down the list. We can't get don't give it all away now, you know. We got I, I, I get one more name. Let's see, I'll go with uh. See, I'll go with I go with Sammy Brown because I think uh, that's, a, that's a Georgia Clemson battle. But I I like where Georgia stands with uh, going into the spring with Schumann leading the leading the charge there. Yeah, I think I think Glenn Schumann staying at Georgia, not going to Alabama and being their DC, which 
you know, whatever anybody wants to say, I know there were overtures made uh, trying to, you know, at least kick the tires and see if he'd be, he'd be interested. That was huge because Sammy Brown, Jed has just, I mean, he has just a, such a good rapport with Glenn Schumann. They're talking about, you know, hunting and fishing Kirby smart, you know, in there as well with him. Um, but the thing that, that, strikes me is when you talk to sammy sammy doesn't say much he's very calculated in what he says but when he does when he does speak it's you can hear you know kirby ease as i like to call it coming out of his mouth he's worried he's not worried about nil he's not worried about social media he's worried about development and culture and and things like that and and if it's georgia and clemson and those in indeed are the two pillars that you're looking at Man, Georgia's development at the linebacker position over the last four or five years, I think, dwarfs that of what Clemson has done. Yeah, and to that point, I think you mentioned this in your war room today. He's not <clears throat> dropping a bunch of top schools lists on social media. He's not, um, you know, always announcing which schools he's going to be at, which there's nothing wrong with that, but he's a very low-key guy as far as recruiting on social media goes. So he just, like you said, he just seems like a guy that's got a Georgia um, – I don't know, Georgia – attitude about him we've all talked to him i think that's kind of a decent way to put it and obviously it, it, it's close to home and, and it's jefferson's probably about 30 30 45 minutes from from sanford stadium so that doesn't hurt either and i don't know he's just he's been in athens so much and he's always just popping up there and it's i don't know it's like you said if it's between georgia and clemson and tennessee's kind of been around and the, the big 10 schools and notre dame are trying to get into but I don't know, like you said, Trent. I just, I really think Georgia's in a good spot in in this one as as we sit right now. Well, let's get to some vault questions here, and uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna hit some of these right off the bat that are that are hard hitting ones. Uh, F. McCrary Jr. is not wasting any time here. Here, Jed. Yeah, Riola or Arch? I'm assuming he means which 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 one? Take if we were uh, if we were Kirby Smart. All right, Trent, have at it. Which one would you take? Would you, if you, if you got to, if you were a uh, GM, so to speak, and you got to draft either Riola or Arch, which one would you take? Me personally, I would take uh, Riola just for the simple fact that I think if um, Arch had any other last name, he would not be as ranked high. And I'm not saying he's not good. Uh, I think Arch is very good. I think he'd bring a lot to a program. And, um, but I do think, um, I would take Dylan Raul just just from a you know skill standpoint. Jed, yeah, I think Raiola as well, just because he kind of when I when I've seen both of them, Raiola is kind of more that modern. I mean, he, and he said that the other night that he um, when we had him on the show that he kind of looks like Patrick Mah or models his game after Patrick Mahomes. And you watch Mahomes in the Super Bowl last night; he's making off balance throws, he's scrambling to extend plays, he's picking up first downs, and I think Raiola brings a little bit more of that. Dimension, obviously, with this with the uh, insane arm talent he has as well. So, um, like Trent said, both really good players. But I think uh, I think I'd take Rayo if uh, if I had to pick. Yeah, it's it's really tough. I mean, the, these guys are both NFL pedigrees. You know, in terms of really, if you think about it, uh, Raola has a more direct NFL pedigree because it's his dad that that played uh, in the NFL, where it was Arch's uncles. Um, but you know, still a lot of, a lot of, uh, just history in that Manning family. You got to think that, that the, 
the DNA, the, the clutch gene, all that kind of stuff is going to come into play for him at some point, uh, just being able to, to produce at the next level. Um, but the thing about the thing about Raola that I think separates him from a lot of guys is just the sheer stature. Like Arch is a big guy. Um, but by, by Raola is, I mean, he's, he's just got a, his base. I mean, his legs, I mean, he's just, he's just thick from the waist down and being able to, you know, not necessarily run away from people, but elude, elude defenders. Now Arch is a good athlete in his own right, but I think he, there's a little bit of a, of a Ben Roethlisberger type effect to, to Raola. He's able to shrug guys off. He's able to, to do things like that. And his, his arm talent is, is unmatched in, in my opinion. Like he's, he's got a, he's got a tremendous arm um, and can, and can throw from different arm slots. And that's something that you see in today's game, being able to manipulate, um, you know, the defense by how you can get rid of the football, because in today's game, you're going to get pressured and you have to either be a guy like Stetson Bennett who can, be really, really quick and, and elude it and then get rid of the ball quickly. Or you got to be a guy who has some mobility, but also is as strong as an ox like Raul is and can kind of shrug off defenders. So I'm going to make it a clean sweep. I'd say I'd take, I'd take Raul uh, as well. Um, and, and this isn't like us saying this with, with hindsight. I think all three of us said this when, when it was, you know, coming into sight uh, down down the line, said hey, Dylan Raola. Now, the thing about Arch is, the thing we all said about Arch is, you know, it's the whole machine that's behind him, right, Trent? Like if you if you land a guy like Arch Manning, it's the 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 amount of media attention, all this kind of stuff that that comes with it, and that does matter in college football today because it's a television product, you know, and all that kind of stuff with your program. But I think Raola's got just as many connections in terms of in the NFL, uh, in, in his peers throughout, throughout the recruiting class. So I don't think there's too big of a separation there. Yeah. I think when you looked at arch, you, you saw, I mean, you see Peyton and, and Eli on, on Monday night football or whatever, having their little show. And, uh, um, and you just look at, and you just look at what is, what's coming with them. And, you know, you look at Tennessee was a big, uh, uh, Tennessee is a big rival, and you, you got uh, Peyton from Tennessee, and uh, and just just everything you brought with the Manning family. Um, I think it kind of not only would uh, that have been a big name, but have been able to stick it to so you know a couple other people in the SEC and say look what look what we have. But uh, you know turning turning that page with with Raul is a uh, you know I think Raul brings uh, you know the NFL pedigree, but also. Um, there's a he's got a lot of connections um, just from uh, the recruiting standpoint. Uh, not only committed to Ohio State at one point, <laughs> yeah, and not only in the 24 class, but beyond the 24 class, even moving into 25 and 26. So, I think you would see uh, just a similar effect to uh, even maybe even a bigger effect because I don't think Manning really brought that many big time prospects with him to uh, Texas. There were a few, but uh, you know, like. Jalen Hill was linked to him one time, and he ended up Alabama. But I think you'll see uh, uh, Rob will have a similar effect with school he commits to. All right, next one we have is from Medical Dog, Jed. Yeah, if you had to pick one non-quarterback player to anchor this class, who would you pick? 
All right, one non-quarterback. It can be somebody co- currently committed or somebody that Georgia is targeting. Who 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 would you say uh, would could be an anchor for the class? I think I'd go KJ Bolden. And what's your what's your what's your thinking there? Elaborate well, on that. I, I I just think that. You know, Georgia's had a hard time getting in Buford for one. Um, I think that would be uh, a starting point uh, for, for you know, connections there. And also, I think he's just a dynamic playmaker. I think you'd come in and see him have a similar effect to, to Malachi Starks. Um, he's just a, you know, very good playmaker. And uh, and having those type of athletes on the back end in Kirby Smart's defense is, uh, you know, kind of what makes that defense good safeties and good inside linebackers. So, I'd, I'd say K.J. Bolden and uh, – um, right now, yeah, I think I would say, I think I might say Peyton Woodyard just because he's a guy who's also going to be recruiting other guys and be that kind of leader. Of, like, that's like Pierce Sperlin was that guy in last year's class and, and recruiting guys uh, and he knew people from seven on seven. It was from Metro Atlanta and lived in Florida and all that kind of stuff. So, Peyton Woodyard, obviously, I mean, he's told me he's recruiting Dylan Riola. He when he was in Athens for. I think it was the championship celebration. You FaceTime Raiola while they were in Athens. So stuff like that. A guy that's got connections everywhere and is recruiting a bunch of guys because, um, you know, like, like I, Jared Gibson's not not necessarily that kind of guy. And, and, and KJ is a little. But, you know, a guy who's obviously a really good player. He's a five-star like we talked about. But a guy who's going to try to bring some people with him. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and Raiola's that as well. But obviously we're talking about uh, non-quarterbacks. But um, I think Peyton Woodger would probably be my guy. Yeah, if if I was going to go with someone that's already committed, I would agree with with Peyton Woodyard for all the reasons you said. Very similar in terms of his ability to lead, his enthusiasm for the Georgia program. Heck, also too the fact that he's on the West Coast and that he, you know, he's that crazy about Georgia and willing to commit early and then things along those lines. That's that. But if I'm going to say guys that are yet to make a commitment, I think that the the how bad Georgia wants both Sammy Brown and Edric Houston, those two type guys, their mentality. If Georgia was to land either one of those guys, I can see them not vocally. You won't see it on social media and you won't see it, but you'll see just the respect that when we talk to these recruits that they say, you know, you talk about, Hey, who are guys that you've talked to? Who are guys that that you've gotten familiar with on these visits? Sammy Brown and Edric Houston are two guys that you can tell garner a lot of respect from their peers uh, and are people that 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 guys uh, who are being recruited by Georgia are very comfortable around, and I think that would be huge. So if Georgia lands either Sammy Brown or Edric Houston, I would say that would be uh, an, an anchor to the class, more of a silent leader type guy. All right. Um, Let's see. We talked a little bit about this before. D. Franklin 31 says, of the new five-star list, which of the UGA targets are most likely to sign with UGA? Um, which, and then, So let's handle that one first, and he's got another question. So of the ones that got named today as five-star, uh, Jed, um, or the guys who are five-stars now, uh, who, who are you putting as the guy most likely to sign? Yeah, if, if we're specifically looking at the new five stars, which I don't think was the point of the question, but I would say probably KJ Bolden because he he got his fifth star today, and um, you know that's a guy like we mentioned, George is right there at the top with him in top two or three maybe. Um, 
I think they've got a good shot with KJ Bolden. And then you look at Mike Matthews as well. Georgia's going after him hard. Justin Scott. I think you might look at Justin Scott because Georgia's really thrown a wrench in Scott's recruitment because he was supposed to commit on January 31st. And Trey Scott goes up there to visit and offers him. And he's like, ah, actually, I'm going to postpone it. Now he's taking an official. So uh, Georgia's clearly got some momentum there with him. Um, and he, he's a guy who talk about anchors. He's that that big body in the middle of the defense that – that they that they try to add in every class. So um yeah, I'd probably I'd probably say KJ Bolden and then maybe Justin Scott behind him. Yeah, uh, you know, Trent, you you said you've got Raiola right now in the in your class prediction. I'm gonna say Dylan Raiola as a five yeah. as a five star be there be be there. And then I like your Justin Scott pick as well, Jed. But you know, Trent, I I mean I think I think Georgia has positioned themselves very well with Raola by what they have presented him, I think even before he was committed to Ohio State and where, where Kirby Smart specifically and very personally in this recruitment picked up once uh, he was decommitted from the Buckeyes. I just think the culture and the pro development aspect of, of Georgia's offense is, is uh, got Georgia, I would, I would personally say, in the lead right now. Yeah, and it's like look, you you've talked to him about um, you know Todd Munkin and and you know him interviewing for NFL jobs and uh, just you know it, it's more more so the culture and what he's built, what what Kirby's built, and knowing uh, you know they got a guy ready behind him uh, that you know what what's coming behind him. So it's really uh, just the culture as a whole of what Kirby has. Um, I mean, he's got guys ready to fill in uh, for uh, on the field. He's got guys ready to fill in on the coaching staff. And, um, you know, I think that that's a big part of uh, the reason why Georgia's in, in the position they are for Iowa, um, just, just the culture alone. I will say this, a little caveat um, on that. I think USC is a bigger threat than, than most people uh, thought going into, into things after – Raiola decommitted from Ohio State, so you got to keep an eye on USC. Of course, Nebraska's pushing uh, with with the family ties, his uncle being offensive line coach there, and even Oregon. Um, Oregon might be somebody to watch out for if they can get him on campus. Uh, Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks. So, no, by no means am I saying this is done and over with. But I think if you watched the interview, um, rumors versus facts uh, that that Dylan Raiola was on, it certainly uh, it certainly sounded like Georgia was sitting in a in a fine position and then a lot of uh, sources around that recruitment uh, feel feel that things are trending in the right direction for Georgia certainly heading into a March 18th visit which interestingly enough he and uh Puglisi are rumored to be coming in on the same day coming in there so it could be a uh, a situation where they sit down and say hey th- here's what the situation's going to be maybe they uh, get together you know, talk it out and say, hey, if, if this is going to happen, we're going to compete and maybe best man win, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's just kind of changed now, guys, with the transfer portal and all this kind of stuff. Now, I don't think guys have to be afraid. I think you can come in and say, I'm going to I'm gonna go to the school that I like and I'm going to try to win that job. And if I don't, then I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, and there's the, the I don't know, fallback option or whatever. But, I'm, I mean, both, those guys being quarterbacks, I'm sure they're both going to enroll early. You get a full year to learn from whether it's Todd Munkin or Mike Bobo, whoever the offensive coordinator might be. Get a full year to learn, and then if you don't like how things sit, 
then then you can transfer being one year older, one year wiser, one year um, working under some great offensive minds, and then go somewhere where you can um, you know pick another good situation for yourself. So like you said, it's it's a different um, mindset that because even when when Justin Fields came in behind Jake Fromm and um, you know I guess Jacob Easton was on the team at the time he committed. It was still, you know, he had to get the waiver and the whole thing. But now it's either one of those guys could theoretically transfer out of the program uh, as easily as they could enter it. So it's just a different world now. Absolutely. All right. Let's see. I've got one here um, from KSDJ1869, Jed. Yeah. Is the staff pursuing a tight end Walter Matthews from Hiram? He's not Darnell Washington, who is, but he does have a similar frame and build and looks like he could play the Darnell role pretty well. And I, I mean, I know you know the the workings of the state of Georgia, you know, pretty well. I haven't heard a ton about uh, Walter Walter Matthews in, in terms of Georgia uh, pursuing him. Now, listen, I, I never put anything past, you know, past Todd Monk or Todd uh, Hartley when it comes to it, because who would have thought that they would have even been in the conversation on signing day with Walker Lyons and Deuce Robinson in the class of 2023 with, you know, Sperlin and and uh, Lucky already committed in the class. I mean, he's a magician at times. It seems like so. Uh, I haven't heard that. What? What? Any any news on that front? Yeah, like you said, he's not a guy we've heard a lot about. He has been on campus. I remember seeing pictures. I can't remember if it was, you know, seven on seven or a camp, but it was right when his recruitment first started to blow up. Uh, he was on campus, so the staff is aware of him. Um, it, it could be one of those situations where. Maybe they get him back for another camp this summer and, and things really turn up the heat there. But, but um, yeah, he's not a name we've heard a whole lot about. But, but like you said, they're, they're kind of if, – if a guy could fill that Darnell role, that's certainly – I mean, they're not, they're not opposed to taking two tight ends, especially guys who are different roles. Landon Thomas is more of the – he's not quite as much of a quote-unquote pure receiver maybe as Pierce Sperlin was at the same time, but he kind of skews a little more towards that direction. So – a guy in a Darnell Washington or Lawson Lucky mold um, isn't out of the realm of possibility in the class by any means, and, and Walter Matthews could end up being that guy. It's just uh, we'll have to wait and see if he's the, the kind of name that emerges there. Absolutely. Well, uh, guys, before we before we sign off here, any anything? I know we'll touch on some of the stories real quick that we that we had on UGA Sports today, but uh, Trent, anything uh, other than you know other than the uh, the class prediction 1.0 on Wednesday coming up? Uh, yeah, I mean, we got some, uh, uh, stories, I think, um, Jimothy Lewis, uh, out of Mississippi, um, now he's at IMG, he plans to drop a top five, uh, I do expect Georgia to be included in that top five, um, uh, you know, he's, he's taking some visits, he's, he's planning to visit Tennessee, planning to get back to Georgia, um, but, but, uh, expect Georgia to be right there, uh, in the top five for him, and, um, you know, uh, the visits coming up and, and camps coming up. So, uh, Under Armour camp coming up, uh, I guess two weeks from yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but be on the lookout. We'll have, we'll have that covered and, uh, there'll be more camps coming, you know, um, throughout the spring. Uh, Jed, I know you had, had some stories. I'll touch on mine real quick. Marquis, uh, Marquise Lightfoot, um, a young man out of Chicago, just like Justin Scott is. So, you know, uh, Trey Scott and, and Chidera Uzo Deribe going up in, uh, in Chicago area and trying to pull out some talent. He got offered as a young man 
who's six foot four, two twenty five, two thirty, got that that mold that, that the Georgia class, I mean the Georgia staff really likes and for those edge guys. And, you know, he's got offers from people like Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, Tennessee, you know, Nebraska, on and on, power five guys, but Georgia taking an interest in him. And uh, there's a story up on uh, ugasports.com about him, but just another talented edge guy that Georgia is going after. And, and that's the, the bar. I mean, with what Uzo Deribe the guys he directly recruited with with Gabe Harris and Samuel and Pimba uh, and Damon Wilson in this in class of twenty twenty three, he's trying to follow up uh, that that first stellar class that he put together in his first year with Georgia. Yeah, and then on my end, you know, we'll have um, I, I've been kind of working on this twenty twenty five look ahead series the past few days. Um, did the offensive line and defensive line ones today. Uh, Georgia's, you know, sneak peek at that offensive line when Georgia is is trying to get involved with David Sanders, the number one prospect in the class. Then you got just these these. It, it's crazy how big these kids are because you got a guy like Nikolai Brooks at um, he's at Buford now, but he's six foot eight and pushing three hundred and forty pounds as a as a high school sophomore right now. So it's crazy. Georgia's in on guys like him, and um. But yeah, it's starting to spin the calendar forward a little bit, put a little more shed a little more light, I should say, on that twenty twenty five class. And um, yeah, like you said, Trent, uh, Under Armour camp in a couple weeks in um, the Atlanta camp is in Carrollton. So um, I guess Carrollton's a suburb of Atlanta now, according to the higher ups in Under Armour. So they just um, said they, they just said that's where Juju Lewis is. That's where we're going. Yeah, so uh, so, that's, so um, it's a little that's what, but but yeah, it, it's going to be good to actually because it's I mean every every other tweet I see it seems like is is a kid announcing they've been invited and and will be there. So it, there's going to be a ton of talent there and, and a ton of guys that Georgia offers. I'm sure. Uh, do you want to give a note? People, a lot of people are asking about the offensive line and things like that. The main two big name targets that Georgia is, you know, really after and really got a lot of, uh, you know, time invested in Jordan Seaton and Daniel Calhoun. They've been recruiting Daniel Calhoun for a long time. In-state guy, Alabama, Florida State, Tennessee, all heavily after him. And then uh, Seaton being a guy from up in the um, Washington, D.C. area, a guy that, that Fran Brown's had contact with. Stacey Searle's got to uh, take him you know, to the South Carolina basketball game that Georgia uh, won, I guess, a couple weeks ago now. So definitely uh, two, two big targets there on the offensive line. And then some guys that I think are going to end up rising you know, in the, in the rankings, a guy like a Malachi uh, uh, Tolliver, who's at Cartersville, Six foot six, six foot seven. I mean, huge guy that is really kind of growing into his own over there. So uh, the, the the offensive line is it's not you know just chock full of guys up inside the top fifty. Uh, they did miss out on Cam Pringle, who is right now is committed to South Carolina. But there's still some some pieces that are coming together that uh, you know I think people maybe necessarily didn't. Uh, didn't think as highly of uh, initially of some of the guys that Stacey Searles, uh, you know, helped to bring in in this 2023 class. But I think we all see with Monroe Freeling checking in as we were, we broke and reported on the vault six foot seven, 309 pounds uh, as a true freshman showing up uh, when he was a guy that was like 285 uh, towards the end of his senior year. So, Guys are developing. Uh, things are things are progressing on the offensive line front as well. But guys, that is 
going to do it here for us on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts, presented by Turner Wooden Smith Insurance in cooperation with auto owners. Check out their websites in the comments as you see, or if you see, as you see them, if you're watching on YouTube, across the bottom as well. Like, subscribe if you're on the podcast version. Rate, uh, give us a rating on there, five stars. Greatly appreciate that if you feel like we've earned that. And for Trent Smallwood and Jed May, I'm Blaine Gilmer. We'll catch you next Monday night on UJ Sports Rumors versus Facts. <laughs>